Welcome to Babel on the Great, the podcast where we talk about Jehovah's Witnesses' latest, weirdest, and greatest teachings. I am XJW Caleb from the future, introducing this episode because we recorded it a month and a half ago, and due to some stuff we'll get into in the next episode, we didn't release this episode until, well, until now. And at the beginning of the episode, me and my co-host Dax and my little Pimo, a.k.a. Pims, go through the news, which are all news at this point, including something about a male Jehovah's Witness going to court for taking upskirt pictures of pioneers, which I think we'll mention later. But other than that, I think we can go straight into our broadcasting rebuttal and start the episode. Isn't that right, Pims? I'm a good little witness boy. All right, let's do it. JW Broadcasting, May 2022, with the theme, Stand Together as One United People, given by Mark Sanderson. Now, I remember the game that I wanted to play uh, from last time, but I remember it on time this time. So, here's how we're going to start the uh, breakdown thing. There are tier segments hidden around JW Broadcasting. I think like... At the back of a Lucky Charms, where you have to, like, figure out something, but it's JW Broadcasting, and you what you have to figure out is where the tier segment is hidden. There may be one, there may be two tier segments, I can't remember. So, I'm going to tell you the segments of the broadcast, and then you have to tell me where the tier segments are hidden. Are you ready to play Where is Tier Segment, the, the new game by XJW Caleb? Let's do this. Are you ready? I am so excited. And yes, just to remind you, I already but... listened to the whole pod, the whole thing. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Should I play? Because no. I honestly can't no, remember. Only We're kind of cheating. Playing. Only I'm All right, playing. fine. Only Dax. Myself. Only Dax. You have to yep. figure out where okay. are the tiers. Do 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 do. Tier Segment. Give me the segments. We start with Mark Sanderson's talk. Stand together as one united people. I don't know if that's the name of the broadcast editor of his talk. That's It's just what I wrote over here. Then we go to a dramatization. Caleb, can I see your book real quick? Yeah, you're definitely a serial killer. Okay, keep going. Then we go to experience, uh, uh, an experience of someone. Then we go on to a different video with a different experience. These are different segments, by the way. It's just, it's a lot of experiences. Then finally, an experience where they talk about the culture. They all have to do about what Mark Sanderson was doing. They just, the experience are just the same thing. Then we have a historical video. Then we have a music video. And, of course, the postcard. With one almost post-credit scene. Like, the closest we'll get to a post-credit scene in JW Broadcasting, to end this episode. Where are the tears? So, I have a feeling the entire theme is just one big tear segment. Considering... No, it's not. It's actually, it's actually not as horrible right. as last one. Like last one, go... I really, really didn't enjoy myself. I'm going to go with the historical video. Okay, that's your ch choice number one. You get choice number two. And choice number two is going to be... The second experience. Second the experience. Second experience, yes. Not the first one. Not the Why first. not the first one? No, the second. You don't think they'll they'll go directly into tears? You don't no. you, you don't think they'll do that? 
I mean, I did introduce my answer with, I think it's all going to be a, a tear segment, but <laughs> no. Well, let's watch the well, first hold on, hold on. I, I feel Wait. like you're gaslighting here. Gaslighting me here. Because I, I listened to this, and I remember distinctly thinking, wow, they're all tear segments this time. And you just said that they're not. Let's Maybe jump into it, and then the we'll define tier what tier segments are. Because okay. Okay. there are tears all around. Like, there are so many reasons to cry when you're a Jehovah's Witness, but <laughs> there are only a few segments that are made for you to cry. <laughs> Let's jump into the actual beginning. Welcome. Here are a few highlights of this month's program. Ugh, that pan flute. They found a way to ruin a pan oh, flute. So boring. His suit is better fitting than last time. Oh, that's true. He's listening to our podcast. I think he is. I, I think Mark Sanderson has listened to our constructive criticism and has got a better fitting suit. I, I think that it is worth discussing. I, uh, I need to see those pants. That's true. Also, Caleb, that means he took your advice on one of your moving on segments. That's oh, true. what did I say? I, you, I you don't remember. You talked about fashion. Oh, did I? That sounds, some, that sounds like me. That sounds like me. Ah, that. Ah, I, I, what a, what a nice advice that I did. I, I don't remember. Right? That's nice. A quick question from from you two experts: Is he in the studio or is that a green screen? He's, that is ooh. a studio. They have no look. look they at have his, a studio. Look at his ear. No, that's a studio. That's a, believe me, that's a studio. They have the studio. Yeah, there is the no studio. reason why, why they it? would bother with a green screen. I know. They it have just it. something they have about it. Already. The lighting looks off. It's a nice suit, though. I'm yeah. going to give it to no, him. I, I, it's, I, it's if we're going to make fun of him, we've got to call him out when he does better. So, JW Broadcast starts not with spiritual food, but with a trailer of, hey, here's some spiritual food coming. That's how it starts. That's why we can't start with a pitch. We can't be like Jehovah's Witnesses. That's how they start their things. We, can't, we have to be different. We, <laughs> we, we need to. We must be different. We have to be. Anyway, let's just let's just watch this bit. It's just it's 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 just it's just a trailer. Uh, maybe we'll see some juicy bits. Probably not though. The theme of this year's regional convention is pursue peace. Here's a preview of the program. Peace is often defined as the absence of conflict, but peace involves much more. The truth is, we each face trials that can rob us of peace. Illness, economic problems, our own weaknesses, damaged relationships. What threatens your peace? the 2022 Pursue Peace Convention of Jehovah's Witnesses, you will discover how you can find real, lasting peace in your life right now. Okay, so it's just the same shots of Paradise. And Paradise apparently is like um, New Zealand and probably remote rural china yeah of course according to watchtower which honestly yeah vibe but um it's just it's so cringy they like, can't wait just stop hiding you can't wait 
to go to the 2022 Convention of Jehovah's Witnesses Pursue Peace. You can't hmm. wait. Here's you imagine, imagine if you will, let's set the scene. You are not a Jehovah's Witness. You know nothing about Jehovah's Witnesses. You've never really even heard of them. And somebody sends you this video, this trailer to the convention. Are you going to look at this and think that they think there's going to be a paradise earth in the future? Because if you look at the pictures, they're not depicting wild animals. Yes, there's deer in the background, but that happens in real life. Yeah, that's that's right. They're not, they they're not playing with look, pandas uh, they're they're anymore. Not. They're making it look like this is something that looks attainable right now. So that way they can get you in. It's gross. Yeah. I, well, I have an interesting observation. Um, when I was Pimi, there was this almost this meme where every convention would be more dramatic. It would have more a more dramatic title. And all the witnesses would be like, oh, look how close the end is getting. Look at that title. Like, the name of the convention, it, it just shows the end is even closer. And I feel like every few years they do a reset convention where they where they don't have like an apocalyptic name. They they have like something like Pursue Peace. And then and then next year we can start getting darker again. Well, we will see that in the future. We will see if you're right. And if you are wrong, I'm going to cut this bit. And I'm going to post it all over Twitter. I'm going to look, <laughs> just make fun of this man no. who made an educated guess on based on the information that he had. And he was wrong. But then if you're right, I'm just going to delete this episode. So no, you can't you can tell that it, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's actually get started with the broadcast because I want you guys to listen to uh, the beginning of Mark Sanders' talk. Because I think this broadcast is a great example of them using soft power, which is what we talked about in last episode. It's a great, uh, it's a great example of that. And they're using it to persuade Jehovah's Witnesses to do one thing and one thing only. They're not going to tell you in this broadcast, but I think it is very, 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 very clear. Let's play it. Our convention theme is so timely. The world is full of conflict and anguish. People long for peace, and they long for unity, which is the focus of this month's broadcast. Our theme is stand together as one united people. Now, um, I'm just going to pause it right there. He just told us what the broadcast is going to be about, and the broadcast is going to be about unity. Now... I went onto the Bible and searched for passages that spoke about the importance of being uh, a united people. Because as a Jehovah's Witness, I thought that that was everything that the Bible said. And it turns out there aren't any examples of God being like, oh, you know what? You really need to be, you really need to be united on everything. But Mark Sanderson is going to do his best to convince you otherwise. Let's listen in. Let me begin with a question. Where do you keep your wallet? If you're out in public, you brothers likely keep it in your pocket, maybe a front pocket, so that it doesn't get lost or stolen. You sisters might carry your wallet in a purse or handbag, which you keep close by your side. Whoa. You guard your wallet. Because you know that if you get careless, a thief might steal it. 
and you might never see your wallet or its contents again. It is similar with the precious unity we enjoy as Jehovah's people. We need to guard it and protect it, or else someone might steal it. Make no mistake, the devil is looking for an opportunity to steal our unity from us. Source, trust me, bro, because there isn't really a Bible verse. It could just, this is a bait and switch, and he's going to keep doing this bait and switch over and over and over again. There are no Bible verses explaining the importance of unity, but he's really going to try his best to make it look like there are. In my research, I was only able to find one example of maybe, maybe saying you should be united. And he's going to mention it, but he's not really going to quote it. It's going to be a little bit weird. Look. Think about how unique our unity is. Unlike other religious organizations, we're not divided into sub-denominations. We don't have Northern Jehovah's Witnesses, Orthodox Jehovah's Witnesses, or Reformed Jehovah's Witnesses. As the Apostle Paul expressed it, we are united in the same mind and in the same line of thought. Creepy. Now, he just said what the Apostle Paul said on the Bible. He's not going to tell you yet, but to, he's referring to 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 10. Now, let's just examine the chapter in context because this is the only Bible verse that, he, that is going to support his argument. If you dismantle this, this Bible verse, he has no Bible stand to stand on. That is the expression I've heard it both ways. <laughs> now it starts. It's the first. It's the first chapter. So it's like Paul. It's me. I'm doing the writing. How's it, how's everyone doing? Everybody. Then in verse three, he still does, does the salutations. May you all have the kindness and blah blah blah. And then he gets into what he wants to talk about, uh, saying how it how important it is, is that it, you may op may be open to no accusations in the day of Lord Jesus Christ. How important it is to be unpeachable. Blah, 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 blah. And then finally in verse 10, he lets them know why, why he got into writing him the letter, writing them the letter. He says, Now I urge you, brothers, through the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you should all speak in agreement and that there should be no divisions among you, but that you may be completely united in the same mind and in the same line of thought. Now what he's doing, is saying, hey, you know what? You know how this says, stay united? Let's take it out of context and let's just apply it to right now, today. But what was Paul talking about? Was that something that Christians were to do in general? Well, or was that something that these Christians just had to work on? Was this something that was a very specific need for these Christians? Let's keep reading. In the 11th uh, verse, he keeps saying, for some from the house of Chloe have informed me regarding you, my brothers, that there are dissensions among you. What I mean is this, that each one of you says, I belong to Paul, but I to Apollos, but I to Cephas, but I to Christ. Is the Christ divided? Paul was not executed on the stake for you, was he? I said stake because I'm reading the JW version. It's, they believe they died on the stake. It's a huge thing. Let's, just, let's move on. Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? 
I thank God that I was baptized none of you except Crispus and Gallius, so that no one may say that you were baptized in my name. Yes, I also baptized blah, 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 but basically for Christ and me, not to baptize, but declare the good news, and not with wisdom of speech, so that torture state, blah, 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 basically, doesn't matter who baptized you, you belong to Christ. Stop saying, I belong to Apollos, I belong to Cephas, I belong to Paul, you all belong to Christ. So when he says, be completely united in the same mind and in the same line of thought, what line of thought is that? That we are united in Christ. Christ, we belong to Christ, not to other people. That is what Paul is saying. That is the whole point of Paul writing this letter. But that is not what, what the Jeffrey Jackson wants you to believe. You mean you Mark Sanderson? Sapiens? Uh, Yes, Mark Sanderson. It's they're the same guy, basically. <laughs> or are One you talking of them about, is just Australian. Are you Australian. talking about Look, the legendary know, Jeffrey Jepson? I Peems, oh, you have to remember Jepson. they they all have. It's one guy who shares different skin suits. He just changes out the skin suit. It's the same person. That is our new conspiracy theory. That is that I do, is canon now. I do now. think that Jeffrey One Jackson man, and Mark Sanderson are the same skin guy. Suits. <laughs> Hold on, I'll I'll send you another link. Hold on. It happened in the first century congregation in Corinth. To them, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 11, there are dissensions among you. What kind of dissensions? Some said, I belong to Peter. Others said, I belong to Paul. And still others said, I belong to Apollos. Paul felt compelled to ask at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 13, is the Christ divided? What a reproach on Jehovah's name and on true worship. By failing to guard their unity, those early disciples were making Christianity look like just another religion. <laughs> that was the danger. The danger wasn't, hey, you're doing this wrong. Your life is a stake. No, 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 no. How does this look to everyone else? Exactly. That's what they were worried about. Not anything else. They were else. worried about the looks. <laughs> they were worried about whether or not they'd be confused with some other Christian religion, which didn't exist at the time. They were like, come Good on. Grief. Do you really want, want us to be confused with the Catholics that are going to exist in a couple of centuries? Yeah, he doubles down, though. He doubles down on this. Let's, let's, he doubles down on this for the next minute. Could something like that happen? In a congregation today, it could happen. It has if happened. If individuals cared more about their own personal preferences, conveniences, and opinions than they do about the unity of Jehovah's people. Now, again, let's triggered. just remember, let's just remember, the verse is about don't follow other people, follow Jesus. And he's making it into... Follow oh, us. Think about it. The verse is... Follow us. Don't follow <laughs> what other people may tell you. Just follow what we tell you mm -hmm. that Jesus wants. It's very interesting. Selfishness is not the fruitage of Jehovah's Spirit. Rather, it reflects the spirit of the world. The world is aggressively promoting the view that you should put yourself first. But we have learned Jehovah's view. And then from here, he just goes on to fear monger and use black and white thinking 
to say, hey, you know how in the world there are wars and you know how we've never, like we have never had a Jehovah's Witness war. Therefore, we are different. And therefore, they are bad. Therefore, we are wrong. And we are the only true religion based on nothing because that's not what the Bible says. It's, it, it's, it's, it's pretty much this. What's the, funny the whole, to me is that this time. has happened before, right? Like that the followers of Russell had that war. After Russell died, they splintered into a bunch of different groups. And Rutherford ended up in control of the largest group and then renamed them to Jehovah's Witnesses and then came up with a bunch of discipline structures to make sure it could never happen again. But a bunch you are, of... You are right. That, this literally has happened already. <laughs> yeah, it's happened before. And there's still, to this day, there are other Bible student groups that descend from Russell's teachings and think that Jehovah's Witnesses are false prophets and they follow other people. Like, this has happened before to them. And so, like, if they're using that as evidence that they're the true religion, no, it has happened to them. They just have, like, come down with an iron fist to keep it from ever happening again and then pretend it didn't happen. But that's not what Mark Sanderson wants you to think. He wants you to think on the issues that happened back then as an issue that cannot be reflected today. Like... When they say, how can we apply this today? We don't. We can't, we can't be like that. We have to be united, okay? And he's going to give you a super useful list of four little things to have in mind. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's listen in to his four, bullet, four list bullet point presentation. So let's now discuss four areas where we especially need to guard and protect our Christian unity. The first is our response to direction from Jehovah's organization. (laughs) When the COVID-19 pandemic struck in 2020, we all received direction, including new ways to attend our meetings and carry out our ministry and ways to comply with the secular authorities. Did you disagree? Or did you have a different idea? If so, did you follow the direction anyway and give it your support? If you did, then you contributed oh to our God. unity. Pause, 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 yes. pause, pause. There they is so much saying, to talk about already. Saying, are you politically an asshole? Do you feel <laughs> that it is your right to go outside maskless because fuck other people like that. Uh, you know, you can still if you put aside those views to wear a mask and to follow government rules. What an amazing person you are because you kept unity. No, no, but there's, not, there's not something only that, far more sinister happening. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I feel like he's actually saying like as well. Um, like, Did you you know, did you disagree with us? Did you go to the Zoom meetings like we told you to and like use Zoom and not meet in person? Well, how could you have met in person? Like, the meetings were closed. So, like, you were forced to do it their way. So so he's, like, I patting you on the much. back for doing what he said. Like, But there, there is something far, far, far more sinister going on here. He says, did you disagree? And then, did you do it anyway? Mm-hmm. Because that's Gross. what you are supposed to do. You, yeah. it, it, first, you let's just, let's just, just savor. anyways. Let's just savor the irony of a cult leader taking a Bible verse that literally says, hey, you shouldn't do personality cults 
and saying, you know how that applies first. The first thing that I'm gonna, I want you to, to focus in is how you can apply this by obeying me, us, me, Tony, and the boys, even if you disagree. That because that's more important. Even if you disagree. Oh, my God. It's just, it's insane. And it is, well, it is a little bit chilling. And the thing that makes it worse is that they're they're down in Ramapo at the production center recording their next album, Tony and the Boys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I what I find uh, interesting about Ramapo specifically is that like it's a several year build project. And so, you know, if the end is coming any day now, why are you building out so far in advance? Well, Let's okay, but let's not digress. Except here's the thing: at work, when I have to look up a package to make sure that it got to the right destination, we have a GPS tracker to see where the driver last scanned it. Anyways, that map automatically is on Ramapo, New York. Really? Yep. When I start up the application, it's automatically over Ramapo. That's really annoying. It's very annoying. Sorry, Ramapo. No offense to you, but <laughs> that's basically his first his first item of business. Let's just let's just jump to the second thing that he wants just to focus about. A second area in which we need to protect our unity is culture. Jehovah's organization is diverse. We love to be introduced to different kinds of food, different What? styles oh, of boy. dress, and interesting customs. How wonderful. But what if we started feeling that my race, my tribe, my ethnicity, my culture is superior? Can you see how that kind of thinking would divide us? To preserve our unity, you do think that, we need you to focus that? not on how we are different from one another, but how we are the same. What is happening? What is happening? You literally think that. You literally think. Tony and the boys literally all think that their ideology is better, that their culture is better than everyone else. And I would like to point out that in the broadcast video, which we know that you are listening to this, but if you watched the video, it says Jehovah's Witness culture, I'm pretty sure. We'd have to rewind, but I don't want to. And I'm just, I'm, the, uh, yeah. we talk a lot about how dehumanizing the organization is and how it destroys cultures in favor of, if we're being honest, American corporate culture. Well, but, I'm just, I'm so sad. I'm so well, sad. It's crazy Let's to just see it make out. you even sadder and see how he this doubles down. This is the tear down. for me. <laughs> let's, see, let's see him doubling down because he's yeah, not this is about done to get way worse. letting you know how little culture uh, matters. We are Jehovah's Witnesses first. Not African, Asian, North American, South American, or European. Our people are our spiritual family, our spiritual brothers and sisters. Our culture is genuine Christianity. When we are willing oh to God, adopt Jehovah's thinking that we learn from his word, even setting aside our own personal customs or culture if necessary, we stand together as one united people. It's it's exactly what you said, Dex. That's why I wanted to play it right I, now. Because I'm they just, literally say our culture is superior. Not just that, not just that. The fact that they pretend like North America has a culture. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just they have to because they can't point out cultures in particular because then 
they will be labeled as what they are, supremacist. This is a supremacist organization, but they can't say that out loud. Yeah, you have to abandon the culture you come from and adopt theirs. And yeah, theirs, and theirs, of course, is, is literally just white America. Yeah, <laughs> white. You know, don't you can't you can't have dreadlocks. You can't have cultural haircuts. You can't have you can't have like anything that doesn't conform to like like you just said, nineteen fifties American culture. Anyway, that is that is the second thing that he wants you to focus. Let's see here. Let's hear the third thing. A third area is personality differences. Growing up in this divided world, we may have absorbed some of its sensitivities, but Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 9 says, Do not be quick to take offense. If a fellow Christian hurts our feelings, we have a special opportunity and obligation to show that we stand together as one united people. How can we do that? Colossians chapter 3 and verse 13 says, Continue putting up with one another and forgiving one another freely, even if anyone has a cause for complaint against another. Just as Jehovah freely forgave you, you must also do the same. The third thing is everyone in the congregation has to be your friend. It doesn't matter what they've done to you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if, if they've been if they've been mean to you. It doesn't matter. They have to be your friend. You have to forgive them. This is a requirement. And he's gonna get into like, it. Sounds nice, right? Like, oh, everyone's friends and everything. Not when it, someone's it's, forced it's to not, do it. It's it's absolutely not. I've been the victim of that. Uh-huh. Dave, he's not going to listen to this. So. <laughs> and this is how far Mark Sanderson wants you to take it. Note both phrases, putting up with one another and forgiving one another. Some imperfections and slights are so small. Do they really require formal forgiveness? Because of our human imperfection, we need to do what Paul says we have to learn to just put up with them. Can we just examine this in the context of our news? Let's just let's not let's not go far. Let's Ooh. not go to child sex abuse. Let, let, let's not go there. Let's just keep it topical with the news. Imagine this guy gets his fellowship, right? And then he gets reinstated into the same congregation. Those victims of his are now supposed to follow Mark Sanderson's advice of just forgiving freely because he was already dealt with by the congregation. But this is a great example of, of the Watchtower's hypocrisy because it doesn't matter what they tell you. If, if they tell you something, if they do something to you, if they offend you, you forgive. But if they speak against the governing body, you shunned them. They are dead to you. Yep. How is this? Yeah, this is this is infuriating. Would, it would be better if I murdered my mother-in-law than than uh, 
just speak out against child sexual abuse. Yes, what this guy has to do, this guy, the the guy that we just talked about in the news, what what this, what this guy has to do is just to make them believe, make make the elders believe that he is repentful enough, and that's it. It's done. The sisters have to put up with him now. That is literally what Mark Sanderson is saying. Yeah, and when you add in like the cultural, um, the cultural pressures against sharing details on why someone was disfellowshipped um that becomes really really dangerous because you're supposed to freely forgive him so if you know why he was disfellowshipped and it's a problem you really aren't supposed to tell people you'd be gossiping i specifically had a person that was reinstated in my hall that i had no idea why he was reinstated and he always seemed like this nice old man to me and i have only recently found out that he was disfellowshipped for pedophilia and child sex abuse and he was reinstated and, you know, nobody ever told me and I wasn't allowed to ask. Freely forgiving, right? Like, the victim has to be forgiving even if he hasn't done anything to, to show that he's changed to the victim, right? Like, because of the elder's decision, the victim is required to forgive. Not because of the victim's decision, but because of the elder's decision. And there is no sin more unforgivable than doing that same thing, like, Speaking against the governing body. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, you know, Wally talks about this in one of his videos where he has a family member that is in prison for murder and his family still talks to that person, but not to him. Because being disfellowshipped is worse than being a murderer. At a murderer's trial, their family will show up. Yeah. And this doesn't, again, I feel like I'm a broken record, but this doesn't have anything to do with Bible truths. There's there's no verse to support this. It just says continue putting up with one another because, you know, people are different. You have to put up with it. It doesn't say be f- best friends with them. It literally says put up with them, which I feel is, is not, even, like, not even being friendly. Like I put up with a bad order when I get a restaurant, when, when, when I go into a restaurant because I'm afraid of confrontation, not because <laughs> I love them, you know? But, that, but Mark Sanderson is going to find another bible verse and do another bait and switch to make it look like this is a bible teaching jesus knew that unity was vital on the night before he was put to death he was concerned that his disciples would remain united he prayed at john chapter 17 and verses 20 to 22 i make request not concerning these only, but also concerning those putting faith in me through their word, so that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in union with me, and I am in union with you, that they also may be in union with us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory that you have given me, in order that they may be one just as we are one. Obviously, Jehovah answered that prayer. He is teaching us to stand together as one united people. So, did you see the bait and switch over there? No. He basically starts with Jesus prayed for unity amongst his apostles. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that is the only kind of unity you'll ever hear in the Bible. 
is someone praying for unity for them to be unity in Christ. That's it. Not for them mm. to be united together. But to be united for, in but Christ. But to be united in Christ. So he's saying, Jesus prayed for unity for his apostles. And obviously, this means that 2,000 years later, you need to be united in the congregation with other people and be best friends. Mm. What Jesus said, what Jesus asked for his apostles, he actually meant to ask for you today, 2,000 years later. Because there's no Bible verse to support it. That's a good observation. Like, they would call the apostles the old governing body. Exactly. It applies to them. It doesn't apply to mm-hmm. every disciple. You know, it's funny. I use that scripture a lot in service as a proof text against the Trinity when I was a Pimi. I would argue to people, well, you know, when, when he says that I and the Father are one, he also says, you know, the apostles should be one like I am with the Father. So, like, clearly, it doesn't mean he's one with God. But I use that scripture, like, all the time. We are used to doing uh, baits and switches as Jehovah's Witnesses, yeah. I think. It's just, how else are you going to preach something? Like, it, it's not there. Your beliefs aren't there in the Bible. <laughs> but since they're not there in the Bible, he has something better than that. He has something better than anything the Bible has oh, to no. say. He has. Without question, the COVID pandemic was a time of distress for everyone. Sadly, some of our brothers and sisters lost family members to the virus. How could love be shown to these dear ones in the midst of the pandemic? We'll see how this was accomplished in our next video. This is a tears segment, everybody. He has yeah. a tears segment. This is the tears. There's no Bible verses, but there's tears. I just want to point out the phrasing of Mark Sanderson just a second ago. Some of our brothers and sisters during this pandemic lost their loved ones not yeah. lost their, not lives, their lives right oh yeah and who it, cares about the ones who lost their lives jehovah <laughs> jehovah yes. helped the ones that survived to grieve the losses of their loved ones we're not going to talk about how jehovah didn't help the ones who died who <laughs> yeah I, I people died what no no they only lost their non-believing family members Look, this is just a sad. This is just a sad segment. No, I want to and... watch it. I want to watch it. Let me be sad. <laughs> All right, let's let's, let's just important. watch the whole thing. Yeah. But look, we'll watch the whole thing. We'll, we'll comment. It's short. just sad, sad stories. But I want you to see who they credit and what they mean by that. Let's hope that makes sense. My husband contracted COVID nineteen. He was brought to the ICU, and two days later, he passed away. We weren't able to say goodbye. We weren't able to see each other. We weren't able to have our last conversation. My husband used to do everything, and now it's my responsibility to be the spiritual head of the family. I needed help. The elders helped me prepare for um, family worship. That's exactly what we needed at that moment. I really saw Jehovah's love and the help he gives. He could do anything to help you feel better when you're going through trials. Seeing Jehovah's support for me by means of the brothers makes me feel secure, thinking about how he will support me in the future. I can say that in the future, I am absolutely certain that Jehovah will be with me. There's no pandemic 
There's no bad situation that will prevent Jehovah to reach anyone when they're going through trials. Our hearts go out to all who have lost loved ones during the pandemic. We are not shielded from time and unexpected events, but Jehovah always helps us to endure hardship, often through the love shown by our brothers and sisters. So as their congregations get together, help them out, what did they say? It wasn't because of the individuals. It wasn't because of the congregation. It was because of Jehovah. Yeah. Now, I have just one question on this for this woman or for anyone who believes in that. Why is it that that responsibility only seems to go all the way up to the elders and then none at all? Again, as with every tier segment, what did the governing body do for them? Why is it just on the congregation to provide practical help and not on, on the governing body? They could do that. They could find ways to help people. I have a but they don't even try. This. Yeah? Um, we learned through the ARC that the, and a few other documents, the congregations are technically independent. Think of it like if you own a McDonald's franchise store, you don't own McDonald's. You're not McDonald's. You have a franchise. You're using their name, but you are separate, technically. You're a separate entity. So the way that Jehovah's Witnesses, the religion itself, is set up, each congregation is technically a separate church that fall under the same denomination. And that's why they do that, because when something goes horribly wrong in a congregation... They're not liable. They're not liable. So you're saying that they basically use the restaurant approach of... Hey, come on, guys. If you eat here, you have to give 15%. No, How no, else no. are these people going to eat? And then they, not, not no one no, ever stops like, to no, think, no, no, oh, like, wait, the leaders no. could just feed them. No, 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 different. More like, oh, you want to run a restaurant, but you don't have a name that is famous? Well, you can use our name, and we'll so you can buy the product from us and then, you know, operate a restaurant, and what a great experience for you. That's what they're doing. And then when the when the restaurant tanks, if it does, it is not on the responsibility of the original entity to take care of it. They're like, well, sucks. Because although you have to pay them to use their name, they don't have to give two shits about you. And that's the same setup with the congregations and Bethel, basically. Yeah, and then the congregations get like an indefinite loan to build the hall. And then they yep. have to pay back forever, like... They're their own corporate entities, each hall, and they're paying back an eternal lien to to the the corporate headquarters. But legitimately, that is, but that is obviously not how Mark Sanderson wants Jehovah's Witnesses to think of the congregation. No, he wants but it Mark Sanderson to think the governing of, body is providing somehow. Yeah, but it does explain why the governing body um, will kind of cherry pick how they present information to make it seem like they're the ones providing to any strangers or to any spec, uh, speculative people, but really they're not doing jack squat. Yeah, yeah but can you, can you like see you what they are actually doing in this JW Broadcasting thing? Because I think when I was watching this, I was like, there is this theme to this. Like, there's, there's, this, there's this lesson. Like, the thing that they want you to do, but they're, they're not allowed 
to say out loud because they know that they're not allowed. They have to use soft power to do it. What are what what do you think they're trying to do? Because I've seen this three times already, and I think I have a pretty good theory on what the soft power issues are over here. I think they hmm. Mark Sanderson wants you to do a very specific thing. See, what do you I, think that is? I guess the the take I was getting out of this is that you're supposed to to feel like the brothers are going to come help you when something goes wrong. Yeah, but why? Why are you supposed? Why are you supposed to feel that? What What do you have to do? You have to, you have to uh, conform. You have to have no, unity. Not exactly. Not yes. How do you do unity? They're not telling you this. Like it's it's not something that they're telling you right now. I but I feel they're trying to tell you how to do unity, but they know that they can't outright say it. Please enlighten me. You've got me here. I think. What this broadcast is about is to get Jehovah's Witnesses physically going to meetings. I think this is what this whole thing is about. I think the whole topic is about, hey, don't you want to go back to the meetings? Because oh. then you can do all of this. And then you can talk to people. They're having true. a lot of issues with attendance right now. They are. Oh, I think Huge this is issues. the whole point of this. And we'll get to see it in the next clip where um, – uh, actually, we won't. I wanted, to, I wanted to have a segue, but our next clip is just a man borrowing a ladder. It's – look, we're going to play it with, with – with Oh, my God. Very, I, I various, thought that that uh, segment was going to go in a completely different direction. Uh, like I was, No, like, it's just and – it, And then it just fizzles out. I feel look, left in the dark. Yeah, let's just, let's just start playing it. Look, we have like this guy who is Haitian. And has plans with. Have you noticed how bad the voiceovers are? Yeah, voiceovers are terrible, but voiceovers are hard to do. I, I should know. And then he basically, a brother in the congregation is like, "Hey, can I borrow a ladder from you?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'll take a ladder with with me." But then he did, he doesn't know that the brother in the congregation has a cane. So he's like, "You know what? Let me just fantasize on on the horrible things that can happen to this man." And then I'm just gonna clear the gutters for him. That's it. That's the video. That, yeah, that is, I that saved is you like video. five minutes. But but they like yeah. stretch it out and they it's dramatize it. It's a long it. thing. Honestly, like Look. he drops off the ladder and then he leaves and then like he thinks about it and then there's like dramatic thinking and then he goes back. I was like I thought that the old man was gonna like use the ladder and die and he was gonna feel guilty. I I was like I was sure I don't think that's that where dark it was going right now. But but yeah. But there is one thing. That I I thought was really interesting, because again, their theme is go back to the meetings. Our theme here is none of this is Bible based. So let's watch that in this video. There you go. It got me thinking about the neighborly Samaritan. When we see a need, we can't be like the priest and Levite who just walked away. The Samaritan cared enough to stop, examine the need, and take the time to help the poor man. A man he didn't even know. Of course. Work what is good toward all, but especially toward those related to us in the faith. <laughs> 
Wait, what? Do this, but especially to the ones related to the faith. Where is where, what Bible are they reading? That's Wait, not what the Bible pause, says. Pause, pause, for our listeners. She's on the phone talking to somebody who was in their car. And the context of the video was what, Caleb? Why Thinking is she about having the, this conversation? Oh, because the guy just fantasized of another guy getting uh, injured by using his 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 stairs or something. Uh he he is he's worried that an elderly brother in his hall might get hurt if he has to clean his own gutters. I wish I was as good as explaining things as you. <laughs> I yeah, I the, suck the all the fun out of, of it. The story of the Samaritan. The story of the Samaritan is two people from different religions. One of them, who Jews consider to be an apostate, providing the the actual help that they needed, the actual practical help. And the way that they say it is, oh, yeah, we need to do this, but especially with the people that are in the faith. That's nowhere in the Bible. That's, that, is, that is not a part of Wait, the story. The sure part of the story like... is the opposite. My mother said that... exactly that to me. Wait, I thought that scripture was like in Homabug 16 verse 2. <laughs> it really should be. It, it, look, they're going to have a new translation of the Bible in 20 years. They, I, oh, man, I think they're just going to do a new book at this point. Like <laughs> seriously, like yeah, at least they write their own book. Yeah, at least they they don't have to misappropriate things and then just pretend that they mean different things. Like they they can just write a book and tell them what they say. Look, this isn't the Bible from us. Like what you you may think? Oh, come on, this is that's a huge ex exaggeration. What's the difference? What is the difference right now? Yeah, it's the exact opposite of what that story is supposed to tell you. Like, they took the opposite lesson. The story of the Good Samaritan is helping the person that is not of your faith. Exactly. But, uh, but anyway. See, I didn't... I said that this wasn't as infuriating. I still think it's not as infuriating because, you know, it could be. But, man, so it's I still do, pretty I do infuriating. Want to correct you. I do want to correct you. I do think oh, that please, this is Oh, please, go ahead. A... I'll cut, I'll cut wh wherever I made a mistake. <laughs> uh, no, no. Right out so, so no one knows. So, uh... You are right. Like, this is a complete misapplication of the Good Samaritan story. But it does come from the Bible, what she said. She is quoting Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. So Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10 says, I'm going to read 9 and 10. 9 says, So let us not give up in doing what is fine, for in due time we will reap if we do not tire out. So then, as long as we have the opportunity, let us work what is good toward all, but especially toward those related to us in the faith. She's quoting the Bible. So she but is, she is, is quoting the making, Bible, but she's making She's making connection. a connection it's where it doesn't exist. Yeah. It's ex that's it, not what it means. That's the exact it, opposite of the Good saying, Samaritan story. Exactly. She's saying this is what the Good Samaritan means. You can take any two Bible stories mm -hmm. and say, oh, these two are connected somehow. That's not that's not going to make it right. It, the Bible can be contradictory at times. And the way that Jehovah's Witnesses try to reconcile it is by saying, oh, no, it all means pretty much what we want it to mean. Like, it all fits within this this context that we decided it, it is what the Bible is. Yeah, and I, I mean, I would just kind of make the argument that, you know, Jesus had a pretty nice message and Paul was a little bit of an asshole. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Paul was a... Was a no. Oh, man. You know, I, I spent so long... In meetings, just reading at Paul's writings and hoping that there would be this new finding that said that Paul was not a real, Same. a real, a real guy. Because like, all of his, it's, so it's just in his things. That. 
I used to literally pray like Jehovah, please smack some sense into Paul because he is just pure audacity and he needs to step it down a notch. I used to pray for it to become apocrypha. Really? Yeah. Oh, this is fascinating. See, as a Pimi, I was such a rule follower. I was like, when Dax would like talk about like disliking Paul, I would get uncomfortable. But I, but like, then she would like say why she didn't like Paul's writings and the stuff he would say about women and putting women in their place. And, and I'd be like, oh, she has a point, but I don't want to think about this because it makes me uncomfortable and I'm a good little witness boy. Well, you know what else is going to make you uncomfortable? Just cut that part. I'm a good little witness boy. (laughs) (laughs) Make that the intro. Yes. (laughs) You know what is going to make you uncomfortable, though? What is going to make you uncomfortable now is seeing the Jehovah's Witnesses pray on a deaf man. Life was simple, I remember. I am Jason, and I am deaf. Growing up with this disability was hard. When I was younger, I saw people laughing and family showing affection. I just walked around the neighborhood and observed what was going on around me. I saw them walking and talking and wondered what that was all about. Everything was a mystery to me. But one day was a little different. I saw children my age having fun and they wanted me to play with them. I said to myself, me? I can't believe they actually wanted me to be with them. For once I felt welcomed and that was how we became the best of friends. Time went by so fast. We grew up spending time and discovering new things together. I was having so much fun with their company that even questionable acts seemed right to me. I learned how to smoke. They taught me how to drink alcohol to our heart's content. It felt like it was the best time of our lives. I thought everything we did was how things were actually supposed to be. One day, in a deaf search in our area, the witnesses found me. I was hesitant at first, but they were very kind and friendly. They educated me. They even taught me how to sign my name. Eventually, I studied the Bible with them. I learned different truths from the Bible. Finally came to know Jehovah, the only true God. I learned the things Jehovah liked and disapproved of. Our Bible study moved me to re-examine the life I lived. I realized that what I did before wasn't pleasing to Jehovah. My love for Jehovah grew deeper and I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I started to attend Christian meetings. The most unrealistic thing about this video is the size of the um, deaf congregation. Or sorry, I don't know what <laughs> language sign language is for Thai, but the sign language congregation is like huge. 
Not real. No way. Maybe. I, maybe it is huge. No. I've been to multiple ASL oh. congregations. Oh, okay. They're mm -mm. tiny? Nope. My sister did their uh, video because they don't do comments. They have video because there wasn't enough brothers. Oh, wow. And I met new friends in the congregation. The Bible changed my life. I gave my all to Jehovah and decided to dedicate myself to him. It brought me nothing but real happiness. Now, I am in full-time service, eagerly declaring the good news. I was appointed to serve as a ministerial servant in our congregation. And I was called to volunteer in Bethel, too. Now, he's going to close by doing the most egregious part of this broadcast. Uh, but before he finishes his story, what are your thoughts, Dax? If I'm being honest, he experienced what most people... Who, are, who end up being normal teenagers and normal kids kind of experience. Yeah. But... And then he was brainwashed into demonizing those actions as if that was something he was going to continue on into adulthood. And I don't mean drinking and smoking. I mean drinking in excess and smoking in excess. At some point you stop. But not entirely, but you stop, you know, you're not a teenager, right? Yeah, not every teenager um, who drinks or smokes becomes well, an adult who drinks or smokes, right? Or, you know, one who drinks to excess. You know, a lot of teenagers or young adults will drink until they're vomiting, right? That's the thing, yeah. especially in the U.S. And the way they portray him, like, literally shunning his own friends that he grew up with, who yeah, aren't the, who, the friends who were there when the Jehovah's Witnesses weren't, by the mm -hmm. way. Those people cared for him. The, like The friends who accepted him, even though he was deaf, and a lot of people do not accept deaf people into their lives especially people who don't know sign language yeah they have to do a lot of accommodations for that not a, not everyone's willing to do that and they were mm -hmm. willing to do that since they were children and then because they smoked because they drank he was like nope i'm actually gonna get into a cult and he's but going to be honest i am proud of him for getting to bethel because that's really really hard to do as a deaf person no is it yeah. Now, because yes, what he's yes, a hundred right times now, yes, because deaf schools don't teach them anything at all. Sometimes not even sign language. So the fact that he got to a point where his sign language was so good that he could do that is actually incredible. Well, I don't know if it's incredible that he got to a point where he can use uh, ability these abilities to indoctrinate other people. <laughs> but he's definitely going to well, do his not best. Not that part specifically, but the fact that you know. I think I think it's one of the most fascinating things. It's one of my favorite things when they do a segment segment where they actually honestly demonstrate how the brainwashing process works because they're they're surprisingly yeah. honest with it. Like the Jade and Nita series are really good for that because they demonstrate getting love bombed. She goes to her first meeting and says, "I don't even remember what it was about, but I remember the love I felt." And it's surprising how honest they are when they demonstrate the brainwashing process. And for some reason, they don't see what they're showing on screen. Like, this guy losing his friends. Um, but they do demonstrate it 
somewhat honestly, actually. Well, unfortunately, he is going to use um, his ability, his position, and his five minutes of fame in the worst way possible. I wouldn't have felt genuine happiness in accomplishing these spiritual assignments if I wasn't in Jehovah's organization. To all the deaf out there that haven't had the chance to know Jehovah yet, I hope and encourage you to study the Bible with the witnesses too. Look at me. Before, I wasn't able to read and write. I realized that even if we can't hear, we can still have a relationship with the only true God. I hope you find the same love and joy as I did under Jehovah's loving hands. Jehovah has helped me, and for that, I will always thank and love him with all my heart. Depressing, unfortunate take. This is true. Um, a lot of deaf people don't have a community. Mm-hmm. It's gotten better yeah. with the internet, but most deaf people who become witnesses are not witnesses because they feel that Jehovah provided everything. It's that they suddenly have support where they did not before. Yeah. Um, Like yeah. my cousin who's deaf, he received incredible amounts of support from his family and friends because he was a witness. And that completely changed his life. And so unfortunately, there aren't really other organizations doing the same thing. And I disagree. That there sucks. Are, what wait, other organizations? What? Coercing people into people? joining a, a, an, an apocalyptic cult? No, let's look, let's look <laughs> at it from a positive example. I'm not saying that I agree with okay. the, the cult aspect, but mm-hmm. you have to understand deaf culture is different, and it's different in the congregation, too. I am they, pretty ignorant on that, so I they aren't. Comment. Yeah, they're not necessarily held to the same standards because, one, hearing people just don't actually care, right? Yeah. And, two... A lot of these people are heavily abused and heavily taken advantage of. Yeah. And so the congregation is literally a protection for them. And that's really sad. It really speaks to the fact that the world has not done enough for people who are deaf. Yeah. And it's really depressing. Um, Yeah, because then cults show up and then they take advantage of them. They give them community. Yeah. But they give them community. Yeah. It's the same benefit that they get from other churches, except not a lot of churches are doing it for the deaf. And so it's unfortunate, really. Like, it's sad. It's very sad because if I was deaf, even if I knew it wasn't the truth, I would stay 100%. Yeah, unfortunately. unfortunately it's unfortunate. Here, yeah, in this context, it, it, you, you're seeing what happens uh, with cults. Cults prey on yeah. vulnerable people. They give them communities. And that is the only way that they can grow their organization. This is the only place Eh, where people are are, are joining. Like that that's how they get people. Yeah. I disagree with you on the point that with deaf with uh deaf people, Mm -hmm. there's not that many deaf people who are religious, let alone are speaking to the witnesses. I mean, these congregations are like fifteen, twenty people. Like, it's not a mass yeah, army of people. And the people that... There's still a and, community. Well, hold on. And only a quarter of those people are deaf. So the people that, like, I've met, I've gone to sign language halls, and I will still say that those are some of the best, most patient, most forgiving people I've ever met worldwide. I don't even just mean for witnesses. I Like, I mean, if you compare them against other people, people in the 
ASL congregations are have a crazy amount of tolerance for everything. They just care about helping other people. And it's sad because if the whole organization was like that, we wouldn't have this podcast. But <laughs> unfortunately, it's not. Like yeah, the deaf congregation, the ASL congregation specifically, is one that I can actually say, although I disagree with the doctrine, if I was deaf or if I was in ASL, I probably wouldn't have left. Well, no, because this is what, what Jehovah's Witnesses do. They, they, they create a culture. And that is kind of what this is about because there is a trend over here. I don't know if you guys have noticed. Mark Sanderson had four points his four, on how to be united, right? The first point was listen to what we have to say. And then the first um, experience that they showed is someone doing just that. The second thing is culture. Culture doesn't matter, a.k.a. leave your friends. We see someone doing just that. And the third one is don't let petty things get in between you. And we're about to see just that. I'm sorry, every segment is a tier segment. Oh, no, this isn't a tier segment. And the deaf one wasn't a tier segment, by the way. No, it was not. There's no tears. It's, 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 mm. it's like a moving thing, I, yeah. and it's pretty enraging. But there isn't like the sad, ting, 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 and then saying, <laughs> no. oh, someone died. It, you know, it, this one's about a tear This segment. one's about old people. It's a tear segment. Let, let, let's eh. see. Let's see. Let's see. I don't, I find old people. Let's watch weird. it. Many years ago, I started working at a firm and I helped a sister to get a position at the same firm. As time went on, I may have come to the wrong conclusion, but I felt that this sister wanted to be in charge. I didn't feel very happy about it. A few months later, <laughs> I was retrenched from work. I felt very hurt. My mother always told me to be the lesser one and just to let things go. So I kept quiet and I left the firm. Due to certain circumstances, we changed congregations, so we didn't see each other anymore. During those years, at meetings or reading the Bible, we are regularly reminded to be forgiving. It felt to me like a stab in my heart, because I knew we had to apply this counsel. Look, it, it, they were working together she got her uh, a role and then she felt that that she that, that the the other woman wanted to take over and then they had like this petty dispute they didn't speak for like 10 years and of course you shouldn't do that but you don't need mark anderson to tell you that i think i you know you you don't need mark sanderson to be like don't don't let this stupid petty disputes affect you for 10 years like this like they were clearly affecting them just let go of that stuff just become a Buddhist. Just, just no. Don't listen to Mark Sanderson. No. <laughs> anyway, Sorry, so that's it. It's just woman forgives woman, man forgives man because they didn't get along before. But guess what? Now they are they are definitely best friends because that's what you're supposed to do. It fits the the program. The present Mark Sanderson's presentation doesn't matter right now. Before we jump into the last experience, because it, it is going to be a little bit slow, a little bit boring. I just want to point out how. I think Mark Sanderson so far has handled the broadcast really, really, really well. We're, we're halfway into the broadcast, and he has kept it all topical. He has been engaging. 
compared to the other ones. I mean, For he's not really engaging, stand? but compared to the rest, he's been engaging. He's been capable. And I think he planned the whole thing and he planned it well. No, I agree. This, this all fits very neatly. And I just want to remind people that from what we have heard, we can't confirm this, but from what we have heard, it is Mark Sanderson who's kind of taking the the leadership role at the... He's the prez? Yeah, he's sort of like... No one's supposed to do that, but if you've read Crisis of Conscience, you realize that you only... Even if you have a, a governing body, that doesn't mean that they were all going to be equal. You, you're going to have like one or two people who are far more loud than the rest, and everyone else is just going to fall uh, into place, into obedience or whatever, whatever yeah. the saying is. And right now, Mark Sanderson seems to be that person. And I'm just saying, Mark Sanderson makes for a pretty good cult leader so far. Now, and, makes for a better cult leader than Stephen Lett. I mean, can we agree on that? Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I do think he has the most structured parts. Like, uh, from the governing yes. body updates I've watched, his are the most structured. They have bullet points and he sticks to his theme. Yeah, he's not he's not like us who just goes into weird tangents about how Mark Sanderson is secretly controlling the governing body. <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong, the, the the rumor I've heard is that he is the only one on the governing body who is single. Is that correct? Ooh. Maybe he's looking for someone. No, uh, wasn't didn't he You heard it didn't here he lose first, his first wife and then he got a second wife? No, that was Jeffrey Jackson. Yeah, that uh, was Jeffrey Jepson. I keep, I keep confusing them. Why do I you, keep confusing them? You heard it here first, ladies. Mark right. is single. He is on the market. He is single and ready to mingle. He is single and ready to preach the hell out of you. Don't you want to join his personality cult? Literally preach cult? the hell out of you, yes. Let's just jump into the last experience. You uh, too real could quick. live in a compound that gives you salad some days and steak other days. But stay away from those pillows. The last... <laughs> oh man! Oh, that's a... oh, I hope no one gets that. The last uh, set of experiences is just pretty much um, the experience of a man who learns how to love bomb delegates. Uh, it's it's not really that that interesting. However, there is this other experience of an elder learning to adjust his thinking. And remember, if that is what this elder is experiencing, that's basically saying, "Hey, all of the elders should follow." what this elder did. And, well, let's see what he did. Culture has a very big effect on us. In our culture, young ones are not trusted very much. They are not given responsibility. I have seen the effect of the culture inside the congregation, especially when the question of giving younger ones more privileges of service or assignments came up. When it was discussed among the elders, it would not really be considered. And so the desire would be for him to wait a little bit longer, mature a little more, gain more life experience. I also thought the same way. When I look back now, I realize that it really wasn't right because Jehovah's thinking isn't like that. Jehovah's thinking isn't like that. Because we know that. Jehovah's thinking. He's going to tell you exactly what Jehovah's thinking is right now. I'm just, I needed to... Cut it because there's a very handsome guy in between. I need to. I, I I get very. Are you preparing for the handsome guy? No, I already I already know he's very handsome. In time, my thinking changed because I realized Jehovah's way of thinking. 
The videos produced by Jehovah's Organization and what I watched in them helped my view to change. I could actually see what a young brother or a young elder could do. In the past, we used to focus on experience. I would too. But now Jehovah's viewpoint is more important than just experience. Jehovah doesn't only focus on experience, but also on spiritual qualities. I came to realize that. Of course, the influence of the culture doesn't go away overnight. We still need to work hard on it. We still have to change, because traces of the culture can still be left over. But I realize we definitely need to get rid of it. Oh my god! They're blatantly advocating for cultural erasure. Yeah! Yes! Yes! Oh my god! That's Jehovah's thinking! They have never been this blatant about it! No! He's literally saying, hey, getting rid of your culture is gonna be hard, but this is what you're supposed to do. Oh yeah, god. you're right, 100%. That is gross. And they're framing so him as gross. this is something that he had to... It, it's not even about the culture. They're framing this as this is something that he had to overcome. He had to overcome his own personal biases of thinking uh, a 21-year-old is probably not a, a good person to decide uh, whether or not someone should get this fellowship for having uh, sex with other people. Like maybe, maybe he's not the right person. And he's like, oh, but not so I'd put Jehovah's thinking right now. You know, just to spite him, I'm making a bunch of Italian hand gestures right now. He's he's Turkish, though. I know, I know, but I'm holding on to my culture. <laughs> it's a spicy meatball. Anyway, we're right, we're right at the end. There's not really that much to talk about, but he, Mark Sanderson, is about to rewrite history one more time. You know, before before we get into this segment, let me just ask you uh, this question. Do you remember when we were young and we used to tell people, oh, we don't even know who our leaders are? Do you, do you, do you remember, yeah, that, I do. remember that being a point of pride? I do. Absolutely. Well, Dax also said yes, but they, they, they didn't. It, no, it's not like I'm, they're distracted. I'm thinking about how, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I was thinking about how um, I used to actually preach that. Yeah, but... I that was feeling is... embarrassed, okay? You just had to call me out. I was feeling embarrassed. <laughs> you call me out. Am I arrogant? I earned the, the, the one time. <laughs> I, I couldn't name a single governing body member when I was a child. No, no me neither. Not until 2014. I had no idea yeah. they really existed. But I mean, me I knew they existed, but they were like, I thought they existed kind of like how Santa exists. Like, you know, he's real, but like, you've ne you're never going to see him. Yeah. Well, that's not what Mark Sanderson wants you to think. He's about to rewrite history one more time. And say, if you really think about it, we've always been a personality cult. The internet and other technologies allow the governing body to serve the brotherhood in ways not possible just a few years ago. The tools may be new, but the work is not. In our next segment, we'll learn what past members of the governing body did to stay connected with and serve Jehovah's people everywhere sorry anything anything before we jump into this amazing segment yes yes hundred dollars i bet a hundred dollars they're not going to mention anything about brother france i think you could go way further up and they're going to mention one brother france but not the other no for real no, they're going to mention uh fred france who uh, yeah but not raymond but go back like like three seconds seriously 
because I, I have something I just saw. Count them. Are they nine? Are they, eight. Are they nine? Eight? Seven. Six. And two, three, there four, are two people five, seven. seven, eight. There's seven. eight people. One of them's Jesus, though. Right, but it's it's a meeting of eight. Like that that number that's specific. There was twelve apostles, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. You can throw out Judas, make it eleven. They picked, but none of them are the apostles, though. You can. They picked. They, they don't have that signature apostle look. They picked. They picked eight. Some of them are even brown. Yeah, they picked. They picked eight on purpose to connect it to the current governing body. Like I, I feel like that that is oh deliberate. Oh my god! That's why there's one brown only. <laughs> <laughs> You're oh my god, you are right. You are okay, okay, listen, listen. I know this is an Illumin I know this is an Illuminati confirmed moment. I and I know there is no basis for that argument. I believe that. I believe you. This is it fits so perfectly. Mm-hmm. There's one black guy. Just the one. Wait, wait, wait which one yes. which one is the black guy? I mean it's sort of. It's just it's just a little bit no. more hand, just slightly. I mean, look look at his skin color. He looks like a little bit. He doesn't look as white as everybody else. <laughs> yeah, so this is like supposed to be like the early like governing body, right? And so they picked eight, like like that that number. They 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 got to make up whatever number they wanted. Like there is no way that oh, wasn't yeah. on purpose. That is a wonderful theory. This is our first conspiracy theory. Look into it. Where's them eight? Hashtag, where's them eight? Well, hashtag, where's them eight? This is the first hashtag we're doing. Hashtag, where's Hash, them eight? Hashtag, if, where's them eight? Now, <laughs> you, you just put, it, it's just, you, you find places where there's like eight men, one of them, a little bit darker than the rest, and then you take a photo. That's them eight. That's the dynamic we have. Look, what I, I, did, I did some reading on how to grow a podcast. It says, do more audience engaging activities this is the audience activity engagement for for the podcast just let me just scratch that perfect let's move and, on and, to and here's, this. A, here's the thing i want to say about this is that i don't remember how much they go into this in this but like the whole concept of there being a first century governing body is a watchtower fan fiction right it's it's a thing where like at one point People had a debate about circumcision, and a couple of people got together and argued about it. And Watchtower has decided that meeting was a first-century governing body and validates everything they're doing today. Yeah, and Tony Morris already said there was a governing body back then. There was, there is a governing body now. There's always been a governing body, except there wasn't. And it's going to be pretty obvious as soon as this clip starts. The governing body has always felt a keen responsibility to live up to Jesus' command, feed my lambs, shepherd my little sheep. Today's technology makes the governing body feel like family. But did the worldwide brotherhood in times past enjoy such a strong bond with the governing body? They're going to paint it like yeah. this? Pause. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. Let, let me just... Let me just... Play this. Play the the first thing that this guy says because so it's gonna give us way more to talk about. So let's go back to January of 1945. Brothers Knorr and friends set out on a tour of Latin America that ended up with conventions in North America. It took four months. So uh, we're just gonna start with two members of the governing body, 
No. The- What's the governing? Was there already a governing body in 1945? Of course there was. And, and these are two two members of the eight members of the governing uh, no, body. No, 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 no. Right? Is that the- that is correct? Right, Peems? No. Nathan Knorr was the president, and Fred Franz was the vice president. Wait. So who was the governing body in 1945? Uh, some other dudes. These guys were the president and vice president. No, no, no. But wait, wait, wait. But the the, the thing says that this is about the governing body. But so who was the gov? What I don't know if people can tell I'm doing this bit because this isn't about the governing body. There were no governing body. There was no governing body back then. That's not a thing. That's this right, is a I new thing. The that. governing body is a new thing. Um, Peems, can you explain us a, a, a little bit of I, how I everything was organized was, back then? I believe there was a, a, a governing body, but they were not in charge. They were like the corporate board of the Watchtower. And yeah, they were in the governing body. It, like they were governing body in name only, but yeah, they, 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 would they, it be they, fair to say that there, there's nothing? No, they, uh, they didn't take power like in, like what it is in the right now. They didn't take power until later on. Yeah, back then these two guys ran the organization. There was no governing body. It was Nathan Knorr was the third president who succeeded Rutherford. He was in charge. Well, throughout this whole thing, it, I could play it, but it's let's just play it with low volume. As, as we talk about this stuff. Because it, it's it's just basically a self-congratulatory bit of the governing body back then. They're saying, hey, these people were great. People loved them. We have always been a personality cult. Caleb. Yes? You just, you just uncovered a new segment. Oh, really? Have I? Yeah. Yes, you did. I just need All to right. remember. I think that you uncovered a new segment called... Um, the long for name is congratulatory episode or congratulatory segment because last broadcast it was the almost 10 years anniversary of Caleb and Sophia oh, oh yeah and it was that very weird morbid see I do listen to our episodes I swear I mean Just you're, you're in them you wouldn't have to listen to them but Thank, okay <laughs> tell, tell Peems that anyways I'm getting harassed um, <laughs> I also harass my wife for, to listen to this. Uh, but she's not in it, so she doesn't know. <laughs> but I'm here. I'm right here. Yeah, no, but you're right. They always have a yes. self-congratulatory bit. Well, they have the last two episodes. Oh, that is correct. Yeah, yeah you know we got to watch for okay. this. We, we will be segment. after this. We'll be on the lookout for a tear segment and for self-congratulatory segment. Yeah, because we are that's important. Yes, that's important. They're not. I, I'm actually we'll working it, on um. We will call it the pat on the backathon. And it will yeah, exist until we run into an episode that does not have a self-congratulatory. And then we will deny. Then we will deny thing. that we ever said it. Wait, yes. I need to write it down. Yes, it will be. It please. will be old light. Okay, so it's called the pat on the back a thon. The rules are: for every consecutive episode that they can have a self-congratulatory bit, it we will continue. But the minute they stop. We pretend it's old light. It never happened. We never believed that. Okay. Yeah, as soon as, soon segment, as we get segment, proven wrong, you know, we're that like, that segment was, was outruled because clearly we understood the prophecy that was given to us by the governing body wrong. Because I agree with you. This is food at the proper time. This yes. pat on the backathon 
is food at the proper time. <laughs> and we let's just let's just keep li- playing this because it's just it's just them being like, oh look at look at us. We've always loved the governing body, and the governing body have always loved us. So that's now... the best voice you've ever done. I don't know what voice that is. It, I, I don't, don't know. I'm trying it's the to. Best. <laughs> it was a. They basically I, saying I call that, that it... the, the bootlicker JW voice. <laughs> Anyway, uh, PMC, you have anything you want to comment on this? They're just saying we were great back then. We, uh, yeah, no, we always, is, we is, always follow people. Actually, this is actually really gross to me because, like, they're, yeah. they're trying really hard to tie themselves to the first century Christians and then tie themselves to this bit of our history that most of the people watching this are not going to know well, right? Like, like they don't talk about it that oh, no, often. Of course not. But they know the names. They know Nathan Nor. They know. They know Fred Franz sometimes. It's brought up in our books. But, like, the things that these people were going door-to-door teaching, if you said those things today, you would be disfellowshipped for apostasy. Right? Like, Oh, yeah, of course. Like, all, all the things <laughs> that they were teaching were wrong. Back then, they were teaching that the generation... Uh, but they were under th- th- That there were light. millions of people that would never pass away. That That's what they were teaching. And that the course. door to the higher calling had been closed and there was no new anointed being selected. But this is this is interesting because Nate. this ties into a a, a a part of the religion that, as you said, Jehovah's Witnesses don't understand. But they understand even less than us or the people making these videos. Yeah. So I am sure that someone out there is going to think something like, wait, so just saying, well, we don't even know who the governing body is. That is just a recent thing. And we're going back. Like, that was just something that just happened for a few decades, but before it was a personality cult. Now it's a personality cult. I think a lot of people are going to be able to see that change because the governing body underestimates just how little the Jehovah's Witnesses know about their own story, their own history. Yeah, and if you go and read these books that they were placing, like, you'd be shocked. Um, Oh, yeah. I think this segment is the closest we'll ever get to a Proclaimers book. They're not going to do a Proclaimers book. This is... The new Proclaimers book. This is like, even though this is still going, uh, we've we haven't stopped playing this. This is gonna still go for a while, and then at the end of it, this is what you'll Hold find on. out. So, so like, what they're doing is they're bringing these old people who actually remember them, yeah, to like get on there and just gush about how amazing they were. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's it. It just, yeah, we loved these brothers. They loved us. We followed them. Like, mm-hmm. they follow Apollos. I mean, Jesus. Jesus <laughs> I always forget. Now, let's, let's okay, just, yeah, let's yeah, just yeah, see the end, on. because this is, this is a long thing. ...spiritual well-being and that of their wife, if married. The next few decades would see even greater growth, but greater challenges. To be continued? Yes! Is- yep, they're Are doing this again. Yes! After all of this gigantic segment... They're not. They're not it done. It was a trailer the whole time. We're not done patting ourselves on the back. This, no, I, no, no. They, I they just started. It. I would like to remind the listeners that I did not watch the broadcast before this podcast. This is a great start it. for the pat on the backathon. I, I love it. It is. It's so good. <laughs> well, it's so good. Now we're gonna get started with our favorite segment when there's no uh, my uh, teen segment. The music video. Yeah, I, I'm so upset that there's no t- my team life. They they traded it out for um, old man life. Yeah. Calling out to all our brothers. 
You know what the issue with Jehovah's Witness music is? They keep employing that same man. And his voice is bad. No, 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 no. I think the issue is the pacing. This is such... Like, I feel... If you increase the pacing... You know what? I'm going to do it on... Hold on. This is the normal speed. And then this is like in 1.5 the speed. Doesn't that sound better, Peems? Peems hasn't listened to it because I haven't actually put the clip yet. I assume but so. <laughs> no, seriously, it's just listen to this. It's so slow. Let me jump to the chorus. I, I have a theory, and I might be completely wrong because I know nothing about music theory. But I yeah. I feel like they try to use tunes that they can add lyrics in any language. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing. And so, it, like, they end up with land themes that, like, don't... They're not designed for specific lyrics. They're not designed, like, for specific tunes. They're just kind of slow and bland so that you can put any words in. So you're saying that the fact that the pacing of the songs and um, the, the the metric of the lyrics, the fact that all of that makes no sense, it's actually a careful design plan and not it just because, you know, they're they're just a cult who doesn't really know music. Uh, yes, my theory is that it was created. It did not evolve. You always uh, have these radical ideas of Jehovah's Witnesses uh, on the upper echelon knowing what they're doing, and I don't like them. I don't, I don't agree with them. I, I might be wrong. I, I, I'm trying to come up with a whole complex theory as to why it's bad. But it might just be that they're bad. They're bad at this. They're 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 not great. I mean, none of them went to school for it. What? None of them went no. to school for it. They could just be look, bad. Look, I'm just saying. Listen to "Be Courageous" in 1.5 the speed. It's just it's 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 a it's a banger, man. Just listen to oh man. It's really great. It's great. It's re. I. It's a great tune. I listen to it. Sounds sometimes great when, I, when I'm taking a shower. <laughs> right? It, you. This was just like, it, it was basically like hearing it. I'm not even gonna put a clip over there, over the top. Not even gonna do that because that that was basically a clip. It's how perfect I nailed it. But let's jump into the last segment, the recap. Uh. So Sanderson tells us. What are we supposed to learn about this? This month's program encouraged us to stand together as one united people. At times, we may be isolated, but with Jehovah, we are never alone. We learn not to allow petty matters or cultural norms to disrupt our unity. By building a close relationship with Jehovah, Jesson became a member of a loving family. I love this bit I, because he's basically saying what we learned is we are supposed to do this. We do this. Jason became a Jehovah's Witness. We do this. What? Yep. Why do you have to ruin the pacing like that? Why, why do you ruin the format? You came up with the format. Can't you say, oh, we learn how great it is to have a community even when, when we are deaf or something? Come on. It's, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> Mark Sanderson doesn't know how to lead a cult. I take everything back. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, what did we learn today, Peems? What do you think? What, what did you think of this of this broadcast? I think it's it's really important to note their use of the word unity because they have their own private definition for it. Whenever they use the word unity, they actually mean obedience. They mean conformity and obedience. It means doing what they say and changing your culture to be like their culture, like what they want you to be putting on that new personality. So by redefining unity to mean doing what we say and never questioning us, they can paint it in a flowery way and say that they're promoting unity by squashing dissent. And and then I paint this as this positive thing that proves they're the true religion because they are unified. But I mean... They're unified in the same way a dictatorship is unified, right? You're, you're erasing your culture, you're erasing your personality, and you are doing exactly what they say, and they have an iron grip on your life, and you're just becoming a zombie. Yeah, that is that is what unity is for Jehovah's Witnesses, unfortunately, because they are not really taught to read the Bible, and if they disagree with the governing body, they're taught that that's not something that they're they're allowed to do. Mm-hmm. When they talk about unity, is unity in thought of obeying the governing body. You're only That's allowed it. to read the Bible to confirm what they've taught you. Yeah, Dax, what do you think of this of this broadcast? There, there's a post postcard of, over this. We're just gonna skip it. We we know there's nothing gonna nothing's gonna be there. I, We're just gonna skip it. I think that this is the most brainwashy podcast or not podcast brainwashy broadcast that I've seen from the governing body and i've only seen the ones that we've watched and maybe two others but still this to me is the most brainwashy one yeah it's, it's not mm-hmm. a, i feel it's not as triggering but it is it is really brainwashy right yeah it's less outrageous they really than break it others, down but it's creepier they break it down just how brainwashed you have to be like just just how how much you have to leave behind to join the cult erase your culture so yeah like we we skipped the postcard I, we're almost done except we are not. I promised you when this started that they were going to do the post-credit after scene, the scene to set what's coming. And that is what not Jeffrey Jackson is going to do right <laughs> There is a God in the heavens who is a revealer of secrets. And he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what is to happen in the final part of the days. The divine dream that Daniel interprets for King Nebuchadnezzar constitutes a prophecy oh, look, like, crucial that looks like the towers for the, the lasting Wonder if they did that on purpose. Jehovah knows the course of history centuries, even millenniums in advance. The acting and in as this movie the toes was of so the feet bad. were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom will be partly strong and partly fragile. History has shown us how every type of human government imaginable has failed. It's only Jehovah who has the ability to guide humans to real, lasting peace. Oh, yeah. He's led people in the past. So when he prophesies that he'll lead his people to real, lasting peace in the future, this isn't a prediction. This is really well produced. (laughs) 
The piece no, we it's not. They just they're taking modern, no, very good, very good uh, uh, footage for, that other people took. Yes, but the way it's incorporated with that music. Yeah, I guess. So weird that it's just the sky and it's just a line. They're making it seem like a History Channel yes. documentary. Oh my god. No, I'm sorry, but the person who produced this or whoever like was in charge of store storyboarding all of this, um, I actually feel like they did a legit, legitimately good job it, with what they had. Aren't you kinda like, excited like, like, for this yes, for I a am, fucking but... convention? Oh my god. In a world I'm... where No, no. It was it was actually like legitimately well produced and i hate that it will it they, they're getting really good it's, at at, at attacking that those those heartstrings and just moving them they're this yes. really good i kind of want to see it also they spoke against governments are they gonna double down probably not but that is interesting <laughs> as well they're they're getting a little but they're gonna bit make more you think that they will yes so your your internal racist xenophobicness can come out it has everything like dimension. for racists for believers for apostates we all want to watch it and it's thanks to this trailer i might be wrong but oh i think that they showed like back to back january 6th and black lives matters protests no they totally did 100 percent. well well i'll i'll check in post unless i i remember that that's not something i'll do because i'll, I'll have to i'll have to work extra and that instead of doing that how about we just jump into our next segment moving on let's moving on i don't like being a jehovah's witness let's let's stop it with dax dax what do you have for us today Register to vote. Register to vote. vote. Or I don't know where you live. Um, but get involved in local politics. Yes. And I don't mean become a politician. I mean, see what all those NIMBYs in your neighborhood and the old people who don't want affordable housing are saying at those town hall meetings to, that decide whether or not your neighborhood gets affordable housing. Um, go to those. Get involved politically. I mean it, really. Um, you don't have a religion anymore. You might as well do something with all that free time. And that's something that can actually do some good. So yeah, yeah. Jehovah's Kingdom is not coming. Not nothing saving us. We are in the hands of very horrible people, and we are all about to die. So please get involved because we need as many hands as possible. I say we we as if I had already gotten involved. I'm just saying we as in uh, I am a citizen as well. Peens, just yeah, <laughs> actually, save me from this. What I mean, I want to actually double us? down on that, and that um, I I've gone to I, I've I've gone to one of those uh city meetings uh for the local neighborhood and it's fascinating to watch people voting against the construction of affordable housing because it's all done democratically and people can go in there and say um i don't want more traffic in my neighborhood so i don't want more affordable housing built because i own here and i like it the way it is and people don't realize that you can make a bigger difference in your local neighborhood by attending city council meetings than anything you can do on the national stage for most people. Um, that is assuming that you live in the United States, if you live anywhere else. I, I'm just that's saying fair, that that's because fair. I am the only one here who's not American and therefore remembers that other countries exist. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> I, I forget that there's other people that don't matter. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. uh, okay, all right. So my, my moving on bit. Um, you know, I you already doubled down. You don't. Get I was two. just adding to hers, and now I'm going to tell my own. I'm I, oh, okay, I'm double dipping. I'm double dipping. Um, <laughs> I would say, sexy. Check your biases. Uh, Didn't I say that last last episode? <laughs> you know, you might have. So I guess I'll have to do another one. Um, okay. <laughs> but, all right. Here's another one then. Um, 
You can say it. I don't care. You can say it. I don't even remember what I said, so I'm not expecting the audience to. So you can just say that. Please, go ahead. Don't let me All right, like, rain in your parade like you do in mine. You know, like I, I recognized at one point that I was uh, I was only watching videos Jeez. from XJWs that uh, were easy for me to relate to. You know, like um, when I was first waking up, right? Like I, I recognized that, oh, you know, I, I in retrospect, I wasn't clicking on uh, videos where... Maybe the person had tattoos or, you know, maybe um, maybe they were interviewing a gay man, right? Like someone, if I didn't like directly relate to them, I kind of just like I would just watch videos that I related to because I'm on my journey and I'm looking for stuff to relate to. But there's a trap in there because it is very, very important to break out of that bubble. And when you're a witness, you're trained to find things uncomfortable. You're trained to, you know, squirm when someone is living a lifestyle that's different from yours. And I think it's very, very important to try to uh, try to watch perspectives of people who are very, very different from you. People who you would have maybe been told were bad people or doing something wrong when you were mentally in. Yeah, that's that's true. I uh, getting rid of, of the homophobia and all of that stuff. That, that was pretty hard for me. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit it, but I'm not. I'm not beyond admitting it because it, it, it is it is hard. It, it's hard to realize that you've been wrong about something. And and one of the things that that I noticed is that I was avoiding Germ's channel, Mentally Deceased. Because, and I was running out of reasons to avoid his channel. <gasps> and then I realized that it's because he's gay. And I was uncomfortable. I didn't want to hear from someone who wasn't like me. I... I was still being kind of homophobic. And I missed out on so much because his mentally deceased. Yeah, his channel is the best produced XJW content on YouTube out there. I agree. Yeah. It is really yeah, good. It's, it's, he really knows his stuff. And you can tell that he, he makes an effort and he knows exactly what the video is going to be when he starts. I wonder what that is. His are really good. He's a uh, cool person. Yeah. He, he's, I, look, he's a great activist. And I was missing out on a lot for because due to my own biases. So please don't make that mistake. You know, I did the same thing with German in a different way because I discovered his channel early on and I loved it. His channel was great. But like one day I was like going through his channel and I'm like, oh, what haven't I watched? And I looked at like all the ones I had clicked on and like the ones, the ones that weren't like clicked on links, right? It was just a few. And it was like the interviews with gay people. And then I, I had to ask myself, why hadn't I clicked on those ones? And I felt really bad. And then I, uh, and then I clicked on a few of them, and they, they like it really changed my perspective, and it made me feel really gross um, because I didn't even realize that I was skipping those. Right? Like you get three recommendations after you watch a video, and and then you pick the one that seems like the most relatable to you, and you keep doing that for a while, and eventually you realize, oh, I never clicked on the gay one because I was always picking the most relatable video. And so yeah. it's it's really important to try to find those videos that maybe you wouldn't otherwise click on and watch them. And and Germ has some fantastic interviews. Um, or maybe, you know, maybe you relate to them. Um, so find someone you don't relate to. Find someone of a different gender or a different race or culture uh, or different sexuality and watch their experience and listen to their experiences. Yeah, that's you. You are going to be missing out on a lot if you don't shed that part of of your XJW uh, persona. Um, another thing that I want to talk about, and it's 
the thing that I want to mention, and I, I it's kind of on the same uh, topic, is thought crime. Uh, thought crime, we, it, it's not something that we really talk about. We kind of just, as, an, as the XJW community, I feel we point it out, but we don't really say what we should do instead. And thought crime, or the, the idea that your thoughts must be controlled and that there are dangerous thoughts, and those kinds of ideas are extremely dangerous. I grew up with OCD. My OCD didn't manifest on cleaning things or, you know, the, the, the stereotypical things that, 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 that you see. My OCD manifested on me having this obsession of hurting myself at random points of time, and I, I didn't know what was happening. It got to a point where I avoided going to, to malls because they were tall, and sometimes I had the impulse of jumping over from the third floor, and I couldn't control it. And That's I had, an OCD thing? Yes, that is an OCD thing. I, I was terrified because I had this indoctrinated idea that I was able to control my thoughts. And it wasn't until I went to a psychiatrist that he told me that thoughts don't matter. Thoughts can't hurt you. And thoughts don't define you. If you have a thought that you're ashamed of, it's fine. Like that shows that some growth, but, but you shouldn't feel bad for the thoughts that you have. And the main thing, that helped me truly understand that was what I want to bring forward on, on this moving on thing, which is meditation. There are so many people saying, oh, meditation is not for me. You just sit there. Please don't think like that. Think of meditation as going to the gym. No one likes going to the gym. You are, it's an uncomfortable process. And 50 years ago, maybe not 50 years ago, but 100 years ago, if you saw someone running just for fun, you'd be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? It, it, it hurt. It's, it's not nice. It, it's not nice to run. It doesn't feel nice. But you do it because it, it, it gives you a positive impact. And that is meditation. Meditation is a mental exercise to learn to control that stream of thoughts. Not to control it to, to director or whatever, but just to be able to remove yourself from that. And I, I'm, I'm going to tell you exactly how to start because it's hard. I get it. it, it if this is new for you, it can be hard to know where to start. So if you have Netflix, go to the Headspace Guide to Meditation thing. That is a great way to start. They have like 30-minute bits where they just talk about meditation and they talk about a, a specific part of the meditation. And then there's this little guided meditation towards the end. So it's like this little exercise based on what you just learned. You don't have to binge it. You can just, you have half an hour during the week. You watch it. You watch one. And then maybe you learn something and you can apply it later. You don't even have half an hour. Just get 10 minutes while you sleep. There are meditations, guided meditations for you to sleep that are just 10 minutes. Instead of browsing tonight on your phone, just put that meditation on. Put it on and try to sleep afterwards. Meditation has been proven to be one of the most beneficial things we can do for, for our mental health. And I think it's going to be it's going to be looked at as going to the gym in just like a decade or two. 
So why not just get on board right now and then call everyone a poser? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I was on my phone. What did you say? <laughs> uh, I say, take us home because we people need to tell need to know how to contact us. How how do they do that, Peems? Tell us. Bring us home. Well, you can find me at uh, my little Pimo. That's my little P I M O on Twitter, and you can find our podcast at uh, Babble on TG. That's Babble on TG on Twitter. We just realized that uh, we don't really have a way for people to contact us. So if you want to contact us, you can reach me, for instance, or or Peems or or Dax at at, uh, at Twitter. I am at xjwcaleb, or you can just write a tweet with hashtag uh, BabylonTG. And we'll read all of the ones that for next week, we'll read every single one. So please, I already said this. If there's not even one, I'm going to be, I'm going to look like an idiot. So just please tweet at us. I'm, I'm very lonely. Dax, where can people Mark, find you? Please, Mark. Uh, people, can, people can find me at Jorn, J-O-R-N, X-Borg, B-O-R-G, at Twitter. And you can find me on my YouTube channel, Dax the Scholar. You just had a really good interview with Alduerly. I really, really enjoyed it. it. Was people should definitely watch it. And that's and that's on his channel. Yep. I highly recommend. Yeah, that's on his channel. Yeah, yep. but I'm just saying maybe I should have demanded it's on my channel. <laughs> you want to interview me? You come onto my turf. No, I'm just saying I'm maybe it's a chill interview. It's not. It's nothing like what I just presented. You come into my house. <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe if there's like a bump on views, maybe he'll be like, "Oh, who else can I can I invite um, from Babylon the Great?" And then once <laughs> my little Pimo is 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 gone, maybe he'll be like, oh, "I guess XGW Caleb," because I mean, I don't like him, but the numbers are great. So yeah, but you've been canceled. Go watch Dax's interview. You you've been canceled. Oh, dang it! You're going on Andrew Gold's channel. Oh no! Can you imagine me? Can you imagine me going to Andrew Gold? Oh man, is this what we're doing for the end? Just me pretending to be an Andrew Gold and just just be like, "Hey, you are impartial." 